0: FM 104's Room 104 podcast with Cormac Moore and Saoirse Long. Room 104,
1: Cormac and Saoirse and we like to break up our midweek uh, our midweek programming you know, to show every Wednesday by inviting a comedian on to, I don't want to say share but maybe just traips back through some of the worst gigs they've ever done.
0: Yes, because when you are in the audience you kind of forget that they've had really bad gigs especially when they are funny. Mm. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So you kind of assume that they never actually have people not laugh or walk out in front of, you know, huge happens room of so. people. Yeah, it, is, it does happen. Happens to everyone. And happen. we've talked to loads of people about <laughs> yeah,
1: this. No, there's just a never-ending supply of bad gigs. So if you're listening and you have a fear of public speaking, m- maybe turn off, I suppose.
0: Yeah, or if you were planning on being a comedian, maybe don't.
1: You, please don't. There is no work for anyone. There's too many comics. There's not enough gigs. Please, please turn away now.
0: Because you'll probably end up spending a lot of time <laughs> in uh, <laughs> yeah. counselling. Trying to deal Can't with And even afford the
1: counselling. <laughs> this is r- ridiculous. But yeah, my worst gig, we go back and just have a little chat about some of the worst experiences up on stage because they're funnier than talking about the best experiences. Yeah, in fairness. And uh, joining us on this evening, an uh, Irish comedian who's organising a very worthwhile special gig in the Workman's on the 30th of January, which he'll tell you more about a little bit later on. James Goldsby, sir.
2: How are you? I'm good Comic and Saoirse How are you? Yeah
1: good, good oh, yeah. Oh, We always in, enjoy this part of the show The mm. comedians yeah, sometimes oh well. don't But sure, Sherlock
2: so it's always laughing at someone else's expense. That's the funniest. That's, <laughs> the, that's the only thing. Comedians will laugh at other comedians dying on their arse.
1: Yeah, they won't appreciate any material or jokes. And no, they're like, ah.
0: I was just going to say, would you get a lot of material from doing terrible gigs? Well,
2: I did a particularly horrendous one, and I did use it in my Edinburgh show a few years ago. I was actually contracted. I was actually given a contract to do uh, the Christmas party for quite a well-known golf club up the mountains and went in and I was told beforehand now no, don't curse James don't curse and I went into the, <clears throat> into the auditorium and it was just basically full of men having their Christmas dinner and I went on stage I had lots of stuff lots of gags about Tory Carrington and mm. Jose, Maria, Ola Sable and all this kind of stuff. And I was on stage giving me... Uh, actually, I was introduced on stage by the 90-year-old club captain. And he was kind of introduced me on by saying, well, there's been a lot of... A uh, few of the golfers have died during this year. So let's have a few moments of silence for a few members of the club who died over the past year. And then there was a, a minute silence. And then he said, and now comedy... <laughs>
1: which, Are you serious? Which,
2: yeah, it was pretty much along those lines So I went on stage to, to death it's not a case God. of someone being
0: totally naive To the fact that, right, well We're talking about something depressing here This is your expertise yeah. So go make them laugh now
2: Yeah, it did bring naivety To completely new astronomical levels And I went on stage and did my bits And none of them were laughing And there was one fella, he stood up I don't know, he was well into his 70s. And he stood up and he said, Edmund, who the hell do you think you are? A couple here? And, you know, who the hell do you think you Coming up from Dublin. And I thought, if you're coming up from Dublin, it's like, it's, what was it, three days on horseback it took me to get there. <laughs> who the hell do you think you are? And I, try, I tried to calm the situation. And I said, listen, I'm just just having a laugh, just trying to do, do a gig, you know. just And I, was trying to, I tried to placate him. And I said, did you have... You have a good round of golf today And he said Yeah yeah I did I did have a good round of golf And I said And, and what did you go round in A wheelchair <laughs> Which Was <laughs> not Was not
1: clever <laughs> You almost and, I sense you almost Had him back there for a second And then you were like No go screw yourself
2: Yeah to, yeah, to hell with him And then The guy who introduced me on stage Came up on stage And took the microphone oh. Out of my hand And <laughs> said Well I think We've all had Enough of that Oh <gasps> After That's how it. long? After oh, 10, 10, 15 minutes. Oh! And I, I mean, amazingly, I still got paid because yes. I they had signed a contract. <laughs> the guy, the guy who, the guy who gave me, who who got me to do the gig, he was he was a club secretary or something. He was outside in the hallway. He looked like his his entire family had just died. He was gone. I told I told you not to course. I <gasps> told you not
1: to curse. Did did you curse though? Because I like. I th- well, not that much. I
2: probably said flip or something or feck.
1: Because you're not. I you know. Or, I've seen, seen you a good few times. You're not a, like a cursy comedian.
2: No, well, I just you know, you're yourself comic. When when things aren't going well, you tend to f them f <laughs> <I'm> blind because <laughs> <laughs> you think, oh, this will get them laughing. <laughs> oh the C man. word! Everybody loves the C word. Oh God!
0: <laughs> but hang on, if you're getting a comedian up on stage, you can hardly give them. rules Rules, yeah by the way you can't say this or do this because that's what your job is to do take the piss
2: I think they were just a lot of them were pretty ancient and they probably hadn't heard the F word in a long time
1: (laughs) or hadn't done the F word in a long time you know what I mean eh? yeah (laughs) (laughs)
2: what oh you're on fire man
1: oh good so so come here how long were you meant to do at that gig Uh,
2: probably 20 minutes but uh, corporate gigs which that kind of was are notoriously yeah crap yeah. because they haven't paid in they're all lagered up and they don't really care about you and your stupid material
1: was it round table yeah. dinner set up
2: yeah ah, I know they were yeah. all men and I went with my then girlfriend who had to sit down the back and I could see them kind of this murmur of discontent, how the hell is that woman getting to you? What's going on there? Who the hell is she? What's going on
0: there? Well, obviously it didn't last there anyway. Yeah.
2: No, I was shocking. <laughs> I could give the name the golf club, but I won't.
1: Oh, <laughs> man. Because I, I, I don't... Like, I've done some of those as well where somebody has thought it was a good idea to book that sort of entertainment or whatever, and half the room doesn't even know that there's meant to be comedy on. Yeah. They, they just want to have their dinner and a few pints and then go out and have but, a smoke or whatever, and then it's like... But yeah. that's the worst... So many people we've chatted to. So many people in kind of charity gigs or corporate gigs like that, where they're like, "Here's a list of everyone who's died."
0: Now comedy, yeah.
2: you're like, "Comedy, yeah."
0: Oh. Is it really going to work? Probably well, the, not. The,
2: the best thing, to, the best way to get through those kind of corporate things is just take the mick out of the boss, just take the piss out of the secretary, and just just make it about them and don't forget your crappy, well taught out material. Nobody cares about it. They just want to yeah. This they slag- just want to be spoken yeah. about. It's all about them and if you stick to that you'll just about get through it.
0: But surely you know before you go into gigs like that where it's okay these are an older group of people and you kind of know it could go tits up but have you got any gig stories where you've gone to one that obviously people paid into wanted to come see you that just went flat on its face?
2: Oh, um, it was one one of my very early ones in the comedy store in London. Um, I I got a bit, a little bit drunk beforehand because I thought everybody thinks drunk people are funny Hilarious. and it's really easy to remember your material when you're drunk <laughs> and um, I, just, I was just delivering a load of crap and I just heard from one side of the audience some broad Cockney accent say, oh mate right, you're not fatty get off and it was I just I went to pieces I just insulted the audience and then the owner of the comedy store Don Ward wouldn't shake my hand at the end oh, of the night oh, because
0: no. oh no oh so that's took, not good
2: took me a while to get back in there but sure, hey they're they're the funny stories uh, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: I always find uh, well not always but uh, British comedy crowds can be a little bit more hostile they love an old heckle
2: yeah they are a bit heckly alright well because
1: you know, yeah. they have the lads the larger lads just like alright mate you're
2: not fucking funny
1: and you're like alright man calm down I didn't think of course could I, could I could oh, really? go, go for it, yeah, sure look it's after. It's it is late enough now this <laughs> evening. Um but the yeah, Jesus, so how long were you doing at the comedy store, gig? How many minutes?
2: Uh, I was just an open spot, I know. Yeah. i had done jong jonglers jung- in Battersea previously. Yeah. that and I got a bit got a bit largered up and I was completely I was only doing comedy a year and I was completely out of my depth and <laughs> Didn't have a clue, you? I mean the comedy store is where the creme de la creme go, yes. <laughs> they got the creme de la crap
1: <laughs> when
2: I showed up, um, so it wasn't it wasn't great. Did but ever- then I went i went back years later and they did really well, I don't think he even remembered me. To Thank be- God I suppose it's yeah. you,
1: you're like hi I'm James, this is the first time we've met.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <Say nothing>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not that other six foot four <laughs> Irish
0: guy. <laughs> There's not many of them now to be honest. There isn't yeah. no, Well, they're all brilliant
2: as well up there but I'm oh, not yeah. quite disrespectful.
0: No, you probably have more hair than him though. Uh,
2: well, no. Cormac will probably fill you in on that. Oh, right,
0: okay, never mind. <laughs> in terms of like material and stuff, if you run out of material, you know, you probably have a set amount for 20 minutes or an hour. If things yeah. aren't going the way you want it to go, are you ever left there going, shit?
2: Well, you kind of You'll go back to the really bankable material that you haven't done in 11 years and you'll just pull it out of <laughs> the hat. And nobody hopefully nobody will notice that you've used ancient material. So if, if you're trying new material and it's not working well and you see they're turning on you, you just go back to the old stuff and you get through it, you know? You'd so. have to have a
0: good memory. I have a terrible
1: memory. I'd be so bad at that. Well, I think sometimes you go into autopilot.
2: Do
1: you? Yeah. You do, yeah. Yeah. You can't. You just, have to, or, or it's a survival. <laughs> it's survival instincts kicking in. Or would
0: you just, on the <gasps> spot, just start making up jokes? Um, Yeah, you could. And they'd usually
2: turn out to be not very funny.
1: I mean, look, <laughs> look at what happened. Um, do you remember Kramer from Seinfeld? Yes. When he lost oh, his yeah. mind and went on, what turned out to be an incredibly racist <laughs> rant of people in the crowd. Yeah. He yeah. snapped and just dunno what happened but mm. I think that was the, the end of his
0: career. I think it yeah, definitely was.
2: Well Jerry Seinfeld still had him back on the <clears throat> comedians in cars getting coffee series. Oh, did he? Yeah, and he tried to talk his way out well. I he probably made a stack of money from Seinfeld I mean he's probably still getting residuals 20 years later
1: he'd want to because he's definitely not doing any, uh, any gigs no any gigs <laughs> over where was it uh, Laughy Flap Factory or something was it? I can't remember where it was
2: yeah I mean. and he just completely lost the plot Lost well, the plot. you think, know yeah.
0: some people have a very dark sense of humour
1: no this was this was this is proper no, no, this wasn't dark or in any way sort of politically satirical this <laughs> nice. was just oh god this was,
2: this was a KKK sense of humour right okay. <laughs> yeah just pretty much what that was
1: I mean, if he was in Arkansas in the 20s, maybe it would have flown. But uh,
2: <laughs> unfortunately, uh, not, not yeah, in recent that, history. Yeah, that stuff was really popular back then. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> not so much in uh, LA.
0: No. But here, or anywhere else, uh, you know, it's changed and the kind of audience, the younger audiences have changed. And as I was saying to you, Cormac, before, that people do get very offended by everything. So is there ever times that you're do- doing a gig and then you find out that your material is offending people and you didn't even realise it?
2: Um well I kind of will push the boat out a little I mean you have to when when you go to a comedy club you have to you can't expect every single comedian to be to take into account your feelings like I was watching um you know Peter Cook the old British comedian mm. he had a club in London in the 60s and he had um Lenny Bruce was a really notoriously <clears throat> offensive he was Jewish, but he was anti-Semitic himself, and he just hated everyone. And there was this really posh family in the audience, a really posh guy, his wife and two daughters. And Lenny Bruce was giving it the effing blind, and then see you next Tuesday, everything. And as soon as he, he mentioned cancer, the posh guy said, OK, Jemima, Dorothy, Annabelle, go out of here, let's go. They just they couldn't handle the fact that he had mentioned cancer. But So someone in their family must have had cancer. So, I mean... What do you to do? Not talk about cancer, you know? What
1: do you do? <coughs> yeah, you need to you but, need to have a, an interview with all the audience members beforehand. Going, know, now, what wait, topics do yeah. you not want us yeah. to touch on this evening? And in fairness, though, it, it doesn't. I haven't seen that happen a lot. I think people who go to comedy know what they're getting into. not yeah, it's not, it's, f- not a, it's not a TED talk you're going to. You know what I mean? For your feelings no. to be happy. Um, and they often find as well now when you, I think there's a little bit of a growing appetite for more, slightly more offensive. I wouldn't say offensive, inappropriate stuff at the moment as well because everyone has been so terrified of yeah. saying the wrong thing like look at, at Ricky Gervais yeah, speech true. his monologue recently that, everyone loved it now I know a lot of people were all like giving their hot takes on how it was inappropriate and wrong but like I think the ordinary Joe Soap absolutely loved it
2: you mean the Golden Globe thing? that one yeah yeah oh yeah well you've got to um, yeah as I said you can't you can't expect to be not offended you can't expect every comedian to always take into account your feelings or you know if, if a comedian talks about death on stage he's just going to get upset because your granny died (laughs) you can't it doesn't unfortunately it doesn't not everybody gives a damn about you if you get my drift
0: but like not everyone has an Irish sense of humour either though you ah, know, sure if you look, were doing a gig learn. here. They'll learn
2: they'll learn. Do you think? They'll learn pretty fast.
0: I always wonder like if you're at a gig here, like I went to your gig, those people from all over the world yeah. kind mm. of sitting there, that surely that's a bit harder. No, they're in an
1: Irish club. They they can come and uh, celebrate our culture of inappropriateness, <laughs> you know. Yeah, affect them. James, before we before we leave you on some of those bad gigs, I mean the comedy store one sounds like it was horrific, also. That golf <laughs> club one sounds very, very painful. And mm. um, to date, what has been your one of your favourite gigs that you've done?
2: Probably in the when I lived in London for a while, did up the creek regularly. Yeah. My gig with Stephen Merchant one night, and that was particularly joy- joyous. I think he's a far superior stand-up comedian to Ricky Gervais. I think Ricky Gervais is just kind of riding the wave of popularity, but um, Stephen Merchant, the other writer of The Office, he was he was trying out stuff for a, a short comedy run he was going to do, and it was just hysterical. It really was. I mean, he's a big gangly freak, <laughs> and it was, it was just it was just great, a great night, and packed to the rafters. And I had a good one, and he had an even better one. It was just a you know, I'll ticked all the comedy boxes really
1: and then obviously speaking of gigs you're organising a uh, charity fundraiser comedy gig at the end of the month January 30th in the workman's you can get tickets if you want to go and support um, especially in light of everything that's happened today in the last couple of days eventbrite.com the tickets are there 15 quid all the proceeds are going towards very very worthy charities Um, who was on the line up that night
2: on that night we have Barry Murphy Carl Spain, John Caleri Pat McDonald, Eve Darcy and myself and it's for a I do regular volunteering for Inner City helping homeless and it's it's selling well already on Eventbrite there's going to be a, we have some really genuinely great auction prizes and raffle prizes to give out on the night and it's not often you get the likes of those comedians you know Calary and McDonald Carl Spain Barry Murphy and Eve all together that's going to be
1: an insanely good night because yeah. yeah. Carl is phenomenally good Barry Murphy phenomenally good but um, I don't know I don't want to say most people don't know him but I feel as if this guy should be more famous than he is John Cleary, and if you see yeah. his stand up he is phenomenal really oh he's yeah. unbelievable yeah, yeah.
0: Well,
2: and, I mean 15 quid you know the yeah. peanuts really yeah. exactly
0: so, there's no excuses not to go great cause yeah. great night
2: it's the end of dry January and uh, <laughs> it's a uh, payday as well are you so saying get people on. can get wet well,
0: <laughs> they careful they now they, 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 they
1: can get smashed, <laughs> get smashed. James Gold, uh, Goldsbury will be gigging next or you can see him at that charity gig the workman's 30th uh, eventbrite.com if you want to grab your ticket as I said uh, Barry Murphy Carl, Sprain, Carl Spain John Cleary and a ton more phenomenally good uh, yeah. number of acts that'll be on performing as well listen uh, James what are your social media handles before we let you go
2: uh, <laughs> Well, I just realised that I completely deleted my Twitter account last year just when I wanted Brian O'Driscoll to retweet the gig. So I don't have a Twitter handle. You're better
1: off. Twitter is a septic place yeah, anyway. You right? You're septic. probably yeah, no. much happier than most people who are on it.
2: Well, so I just want people to... Uh, it, it's on the um, Facebook events and it's on, as I said, the Eventbrite website cool. and the Workman's Club website. So that's the important stuff. If they go there, they can buy tickets and only 15 quid.
1: Lovely. lovely. Well, listen, uh, James, thanks a million for popping on My Worst gig this evening.
2: OK, thanks, Cormac. Thanks, sir.